0: Amen. Everybody say, God's been good to me. God's been good to me. Hallelujah. How many of you were here last night? Anybody get a little freer last night? Yes. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited about tonight. I'm, I'm telling you, I believe God is going to do some good things. Um, who last night uh, felt like something really happened to them? Amen. Amen. Who wants to share about it? <laughs> Gil, yeah. come here. You and Cherie, come and share. Amen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm not coming up there by myself just yet.
1: Hello, everyone. So um, I've been waiting, honestly, 16 years. I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. And for 16 years, I've been, every time I go to a, uh, a, a service, I'm like, please call thyroids. Please call thyroids. I didn't say it this time. It was really weird. I didn't say it this time, but he called thyroids. <laughs> <laughs> so he prayed over me, and um, I felt it felt like I lost weight. It, I didn't lose weight. I checked when I got home, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it felt like I lost weight. It was weird, and um, I felt I felt free. I felt I felt deliverance. Honestly, I felt there. I felt something amazing that I honestly I have not felt before. And I, I told my wife, I was like felt like I lost weight. She's like, well, did you? I was like, no, I checked, but um, I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, I felt freedom. I felt something, something's gone and it's going to be gone forever. And I, I praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.
2: Amen. So last night, um, as Pastor Ben was ministering and especially just when he was talking about, you know, he was talking about digging up our ears and hearing and And so that's something that here lately, you know, as I've heard the Lord, I've also just been bombarded with the total opposite of what the Lord's saying. And so just constantly having to walk through those thoughts and just, and sometimes it seemed like I couldn't even get through it, you know, like I couldn't grab a hold of what God was saying because there was so much other thoughts that were just bombarding me constantly. And so, um... That and just a, just a weight that I was carrying. And last night, as he was preaching and he was talking about, you know, carrying things that we're not even aware of, and I just felt like the Lord said that, you know, I've brought you through a lot. You know, we're, we're continually being delivered, faith to faith, glory to glory. And so, but it was, I knew that the anointing on Pastor Ben's life and this season that God has him in, it was like the Lord showed me that, you know, tonight, I, before he ever prayed or anything, he showed me that tonight he was going to use, last night, that he was going to use Pastor Ben to get some of those things off that I hadn't been able to. To, to recognize or to, to deal with in my own strength. And you know, and the Lord could have, but whatever the block was, whatever it was, it was like I would hit a wall. I keep hitting this wall. And so really after I already got in the line, when you were talking about the angels, you know, I'm aware that they left with me last night and was with me today. But not only that, before you ever prayed and asked what I was up at the front for, um, I already felt the fire of God. So it already happened. It already happened before, and I think you knew that, and you were just kind of, you know, trying to, you know, not accommodate, but you know what I mean? Like, just go through, you know, what you started, but the Lord had already brought that deliverance. I felt that fire, and it was almost like there was a burning up on the inside, and I felt um, just a a new level of, of freedom. I don't know if that's exactly the word, but it's just a lightness, just that weight that I had been carrying and that almost like, you you said it when you said muddied, and blocked. I think you used those words last night when you were ministering, and that's exactly what it was, because when you said that word, I was like, that's it. That's exactly, that's exactly what I faced, and so I'm just so appreciative of the ministry, and two, like, I already know the Lord's called me to deliverance. Like, that's, he, I've already been walking in it with people through praying with people on the street and stuff like that, much different from what most people, what it looks like for most people, and as a matter of fact, the other testimony is when I left here in my brother had been drunk texting me all night as I was at church, and um, Titus and I went to my brother's house when we left, because I'm like, bro, I'm tired of this. Like, I'm tired of you losing jobs, and you're going through this cycle, just complete destruction over your life, and I went over and led him through the sinner's prayer, led him through a prayer of forgiveness. Anna knows Anna's met him, but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> walked him through a prayer of forgiving others because he's just been hurt by a lot of people and walked through that and um and that bitterness and resentment and his heart had just been so hard and so in his drunk state you know i'm just declaring that he's free that you're delivered that you're you're not going to continue to live the life that you've been living uh-huh. satan is not going to have his way with you but you're going to walk in freedom and you're going to be all that god called you to be so it was awesome amen Woo! amen
0: Hallelujah. Jesus came to set the captive free. And that includes Christians. (laughs) You know, some people are like, well, I don't think Christians can be bound up like that. Well, just go to church a little while and you'll figure it out. When you're a pastor, you really know. (laughs) But I'm glad. I appreciate that ministry in our life. And I think it's something... That you ought, you know, learning it now, learning about those things now is going to put you in an edge where, as it's unfolding around you in the body of Christ in this season that we're in, uh, you're going to be, uh, so to speak, ahead of the curve. You're going to be in a position where God can use you in some things to help people get set free. Thank you so much, Debbie, because I'm telling you, God wants people free, and uh, we should be concerned about them. You know, that's one of the things that love would do, love you know, love is concerned about when people are stuck in a place, and especially when you have those kinds of relationships. You know, I was thinking about what Pastor was saying about the tithe and the storehouse. You know, the whole idea of that is is where is your relationship at? You know, when you have relationships around you and you got people that you love and they're bound up and they're hurting, and you're, you're concerned about that in a different level than people that you really don't know. You still love them too, but you don't know. But when you're out there trying to preach the gospel to people, you need to be aware that some people are bound. They need to be set free. And the authority of the name of Jesus is given to you to use. Amen. Everybody say, I can use that name. I can use that name. <laughs> I'm telling you, the devil don't want you using that name. <clears throat> the devil don't mind you using that just to try to get money. But when you go to moving a mountain, when you go to speaking to an issue, well, I'm going to tell you, you get the devil's attention real fast. And you put the pressure on him and make him make him leave amen Amen. so i'm appreciative of that i encourage you to walk in it practice this yourself let the lord work in your life my life has been like an onion where the lord has peeled layers off as i've grown with him some things i i just didn't see in the same way that i saw later on as i grew in the lord and he and he revisited something and i was i was made whole in a different way so i encourage you to walk in that Practice that and uh, minister that to people around you. Minister that to people around you when the opportunity arises where you can touch somebody's life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I felt like last night was so good I couldn't hardly sleep last night. I mean, I laid in that bed and I'm like, my God, I want to keep having church. I love that. I'm so glad that our, our uh, photographer and wonderful, wonderful family here out of Christian Fellowship Church. Uh, Tiffany, Brian didn't get to come, but Tiffany Howlett came with her kids all the way from Queen City. <laughs> well, I'm telling you about Tiffany. She's a walking miracle. Amen. Tiffany Amen. Tiffany is a walking. In fact, Tiffany, you know, I'm going to put you on the spot. I know, I, I, I know, I know that this is going to be uncomfortable for you a little bit because you don't know everybody here, but you know, Pastor Ziggy. Yeah, there you go. That's Tiffany. Amen. I would, I would like for you to kind of just give us a, a testimony about what God has done in your life to bring you where you are. Because I'm telling you something about Tiffany. Tiffany has got to be one of the most unusual people I've ever met in my life. And colorful people. I mean, she's a, she, she, if there's ever a, a personality that you would find as a colorful personality, it's Tiffany. And I'm telling you, she just graces us with so many things that come out of her mouth sometimes. It's just, I just love it. It just builds the church. It helps us. Tiffany, tell us about what the Lord did, how the Lord brought you to him, how, how he found you and where he found you.
3: Pastor Ben reminds me of everything that comes out of my mouth, too. I promise. I'll go home and I'll feel real bad after he preaches so I was anything y'all have ever heard him preach on I've done it the everything bad if 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 it's from the devil I was doing it I was doing the witchcraft the casting the spells the I was a drunk I was terrible I was terrible to my husband I was a terrible wife I was a terrible mother very bad so if you've done it I've probably done it worse and for some reason one night I got real drunk, and I woke up the next morning, and I felt really bad about what I did the night before because I didn't take care of my kids. I wasn't paying attention, and I almost fell into a fire, and uh, at this fire, I had a bunch of people around me, and I was just like, you know, God's not real. The Bible's just a fairy tale. I hope all y'all know that, so I was literally talking about this not even 24 hours before I woke up, and I got on my knees in my bedroom, and I said, God, if you'll just make me a good mother, I'll give it all up, every bit of it. And since that morning I've never let alcohol touch my lips again and that's all God because I was an alcoholic like whiskey vodka it it was not like beer and wine and little glass of red wine in the evenings no I clocked out at five o'clock every day so ever since then I have become a homeschool mother God has made me a teacher which I didn't even finish high school so I had to go back and get my GD. so he's done he's made me a teacher and he's fixed my marriage he showed me how to love my husband and he showed me how to really be the. I wanted to be a good mother but he wanted me to be a mother he wanted if that makes sense so what I thought was gonna be a good mother was nothing like what I was expecting I didn't know I was gonna be their teacher too so but God has just done it all and this is three years later my husband saved my husband's actually getting baptized this coming up Sunday And, I mean, everything's changed in my life. Everything. If you name it, even the car I drive. I don't even, you know, everything. The way I dress. The way I put my makeup on. Everything. Everything's for God. And and this is my pastor. And I tell him all the time, you know, you're my pastor. You saved me. I heard you on Facebook and all this. And (laughs) he really did. I will never forget the night I heard him. And I knew I was going to Christian Fellowship. And he's preached a couple weeks ago that... It's more my responsibility of saying that. That's not on him. Like, he didn't choose me. He wasn't on Facebook scrolling and being like, oh, Tiffany Hallett, she needs to come to my church. I need her. No. So that's why I'm here, because whenever I decided my husband couldn't come, God said, but is that your pastor? So that may not have nothing to do with my husband. So I loaded my children up, and here we are. And so that's who I am.
0: Hallelujah. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, thank you, Tiffany. Thank you for letting me put you on the spot like that. You did great. That was awesome. Hallelujah. You know, and I would encourage you, you know, the Bible talks about the testimony of Jesus as the spirit of prophecy. Part of that, what that means, is you need to talk about what God's done in your life. If you want to know where to find the anointing, talk about where, what God has done in your life already. And don't let it die. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell people around you what God has done. Don't ever act like you had not been through stuff. Oh, we've all been through stuff, but the fact that we've been through stuff, somebody around us, God's going to send us to talk about it. Amen. So, uh, so, so, so speak about those. Talk about when you get healed. Talk about when you get set free. Talk about it when the Lord has touched you, when the Lord has brought something to you. Uh, and encourage you just talk about it and share that with people you'll find him working in that praise God well here tonight we're gonna we're gonna uh I'm gonna touch on something tonight uh and I, I just feel like that's, that this week is about releasing you into something uh not that not that you're not already functioning and a lot of things that your your pastors have have worked to build in your life but I'm really sensing that there's a there's a a release going on there's a uh, an uh, empowerment going on where the Lord is uh, is, is awakening something almost li- almost like flipping a switch and uh, and, and there's there's going to be a, a more unified front out of this church that it, that has ever been God is way into unity but here's the thing I think we often misinterpret unity we think unity is all on a people level we think unity is all about whether we get along with the Baptists or the Methodists or, you know, people like from different sectors of the church, which I'm not against that. I think that's all has its place. But the Bible calls it the unity of the Spirit, that we're to endeavor to keep that. A lot of the unity movements that are going on in the body of Christ today are trying to be created by man, they're a man effort to create something that God already has created which you can almost guarantee that it's all going to be skewed, it's going to be off. When you understand the unity of the Spirit, that that's the center point that God's trying to get us to gravitate towards. And that brings about so many other things that we try to create that's already created. When you, when you understand the unity of the Spirit, and you, you make that the focus of your Christianity now, Listen, he's made, you know, yes, quit sinning. Yes, get disciplines and all of those things are good. But the power to do all of that, the ability to do all of that. When the Bible says you'll receive power after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We think about that only in the realms of laying hands on the sick and going out there and evangelizing people. Instead of also understanding he gave you power to live your daily life. Every day that you live Listen, it really doesn't do you a lot of good to just get up and think about out there somewhere where you really don't know people and you're just out there and doing stuff instead of really cultivating that intimate relationship with the Lord. You'll be far more effective if you cultivate a personal relationship with Christ in your life and then you got something to say. I'm telling you, the days have come back into the body of Christ where the ministers are going to take on a different tone. They're going to take on a different message. It's not going to be a message that we got off of YouTube. It's not going to be a message that we just heard somewhere in our past. It's going to be messages that we've heard in the secret place. It's going to be places where we've been in that holy of holies and we've received the touch of God. And now we're being sent out of there with that fragrance that's different than just some old fire somewhere in the camp. I'm telling you, there is a real reality to this thing where there's a launching of things. You you know, that's the thing about that anointing and that anointing oil in the Old Testament. There was a recipe that they had to have that was secret. God said this recipe is not even to be duplicated by the people in the camp. There were only a select group of priests that had the recipe to that anointing oil mixture because it smelled a certain way. And the reason for that was because you couldn't fake it that way. Somebody out there couldn't concoct this and it would smell the same way. God wanted them coming out of there smelling like he wanted them to smell. And when they came out of that glory, they had something to share that caused a a fragrance to spread wherever they went. You know, Paul talked about that same fragrance of Christ that fragrance of Christ that smells like death to some people and life to some people. And you know what? That's okay. You know, we, are, we really are supposed to walk in a place where it provokes people around us to make decisions. The Lord has just really been reminding me uh, of the last two weeks in, a, in my ministry. He said, you know, the church and your ministry is supposed to help people come to a decision and you need to become okay with that again and shake off some of this idea of seeker-friendly stuff making people comfortable. Because there really is this place in, in church life where God doesn't want us comfortable in some settings. He doesn't want us just at peace with everything that's going on. Listen, there's a lot of comfort theologies that are being preached out there where people are gravitating towards something they want to hear instead of something that they need to hear. And what happens when you become uncomfortable in the right... I'm talking about in the right setting. I'm not talking about bully pulpits and mean ministers and all that crud. There are some of that going on out there and you should avoid them like the plague. That's not God. That's not good. Don't follow preachers that are always attacking other preachers. You know, that's not good. Uh so so the reality is when you get in a right setting and you become uncomfortable, what does it do to you? It makes you shift your position. God will sometimes allow us to become uncomfortable enough to where we just don't want to stay where we've been sitting, and we adjust. And somehow by his divine hand, he helps us to land in right places when we just take a step of faith and adjust ourselves in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Everybody say, I'm ready to shift my position. You know, you might not even think that you need to change some things in your life. We get into routines, but the thing about I'm, I'm all I love, to, you know. I I just have disciplines, you know, that I practice. I practice prayer and getting in the Word and meditating in the Word. I practice forgiveness. Yeah, I, I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I I I, I try to be gracious wherever I, I believe in graciousness. I believe. That ministers ought to manifest graciousness in their ministry and in their life. But sometimes you fall into routine things. It's just become a routine. You don't always feel it. And that's one of the, you know, things that's a reality of the Christian life. You don't always feel everything that the Spirit is doing. So when you get into the routine of things, it kind of helps you to get through the clouds. But boy, if you go a long period of time just operating out of routine, it becomes dead. It becomes ineffective. And the Holy Spirit needs to come upon it again. So I want to start out with this, this this passage of Scripture here, if if you'll allow me, in Ephesians chapter 5. See, I preached my voice out last night, but I'm going to push it again. Amen. Amen. (coughs) Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, uh, the Apostle Paul talking to the Ephesians and talking to us, he says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another in the fear of God Don't be drunk with wine and which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit You know the reality of that verse is more than just talking about the alcoholic drink Now that's included in it, but there's a far bigger picture that the Apostle Paul is addressing with the Christian. The context of this is your functioning in life, how you function in life. In fact, there's one translation, and uh, uh, I don't have it in my, my stuff, and I can't remember exactly what it is right off the top of my head, but it was talking about this in terms of the elixirs of the world. The elixirs of the world, meaning there are things in life that are just worldly things that we become intoxicated with. And the thing about intoxication is it consumes your time, your mind, your space, your energy. It's just one of those moments when you're consumed with a drunkenness. It's all over you, and it's the only thing in town. And he's saying, be cautious about what you're drunk on. Some of us were drunk on work and labor. We're drunk on our jobs and our projects and our fun stuff. We're drunk on the routine at home. And God needs to be in that picture somewhere leading the way. But we've become intoxicated. And Paul is cautioning us be careful about what you allow to consume you. Be, be aware of what it is that is robbing and pulling and entertaining your mind, and learn to practice in your life being filled with the Spirit. Now, how many of you have been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Now, listen, it's a wonderful thing to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, I know we had just a great praise and worship today, tonight, and I mean, it was awesome. But, you know, and I could, I could tell the atmosphere is just ripe. My goodness. We should practice Positioning ourselves constantly uh, to be filled with the Spirit. Every day before you get out of of the bed, you need to be moving towards a contact with God to get filled up again. We need it. This is the power of success. And as we get about the morning routine to face our day we're being filled with things that we need to be filled with. I like coffee. Anybody else say amen to that? Amen. Amen. I like coffee. I like a moment of time, but I spend that time pouring in the Holy Spirit and saying, God, I need you today for what it is that I'm going to walk in. Okay. And you practice being filled. In fact, the Greek says, be being filled continuously being filled. I'm trying to practice in my life And I've not perfected it yet, but I want to perfect it. Where there's a constant flow of filling in my life. Where my mind and my heart are resting in right places. And we all have things that we've got to do. We just have to learn how to do those things spirit-filled instead of having a, a secular life and a spiritual life that we function in. Listen, the secular is never meant to trump the spiritual. In fact, the spiritual is meant to swallow up the secular. You can't learn how to be filled with the Holy Ghost when you're mowing the grass, when you're trimming the hedges, when you're washing the car, when you're buying the groceries, when you're living your life. It's a reality that we need to embrace again that he wants us how to, to learn how to get filled with the Holy Spirit again. Everybody say, I need you, Holy Spirit. I need you, Holy Spirit. One of the keys he gives us here is learning how to practice singing. How many of you love to sing before the Lord? Oh, yes. I love singing before the Lord. That's right. I've, been noti- I've been noticing just in the last few months, I've been noticing something I've been hoping was going to happen for a long time. Now, I, I've, I've been around a little while, not a long, long time, but you know, several decades. <laughs> I've been around as long as your pastor has nearly, amen. <laughs> we were young and now we're not, amen. But you know, there, there's, been, there's been almost this, this period of time with praise and worship, we're starting to come out of it now, where the songs were focused on things that really were too earthy. They were complaints to God more than they were songs that were coming from that other place. You could really tell. Now, now some of them had good beats and, and the words weren't bad. But the words were more earthy the words were more complaining the words were more woe is me and my troubles and and talking about my my war and my battles and my struggles and i would listen to this and i would I, i could sing it maybe once or twice but it was like it just didn't feel right it was like that's not really victory that's not really what will pull me into an intimate place with God. Because I know this, as I know when we begin to sing before the Lord, there's an agenda that heaven really has with that, and that's to get you past yourself. How many of you know when you really go into the Holy of Holies, you know what's one of the marks of going into the Holy of Holies? is it's not about you anymore. And you know when you get into that place and it's not about you anymore, you forget about you. You, you know, and we, we used to sing songs like that a long time ago where we would come into this place, and lift up His name and worship Him. You know, we would we would we would come into this place and forget about ourselves, and we would worship Him. We would learn how to transition ourselves from all that was going on in the routine of life, and just get rid of the baggage and get back into that holy place. And then, when we left the house of the Lord, we left with power. We left filled again. We left encouraged again, and spread the fragrance of heaven where we were going. To learn to sing again before the lord here's the thing about worshiping like this we have a lot of help with with our teams and y'all have an excellent team i'm telling you, just beautiful worship praise god i mean i was so fired up tonight man i was like man you just lose track of time we have the same thing in in, in uh, uh, atlanta at uh, queen city uh, our worship team is awesome they just bring us into the presence of god but there's also this place where you need to learn how to practice this without music. You don't always have to have music. You know, lots of times we, we are living in a focus on ourselves so much because we know not all of us can carry a tune, you know, and that, but that's okay. That doesn't exempt us from learning how to practice singing before the Lord. Even if we have to make a joyful noise, it's okay. You know, we should should learn with praying in tongues and singing before the Lord. We should learn how to make our own ears hear what is coming out of our own mouth. Instead of just leaning back and masking it with something that is coming from another place. It It really does something for us. It really, really does something for us. It helps us. To move past some of the insecurities some of those well what if some you know I used to when I when I first came into church first thing I had to get over was they 're crazy then I realized they weren 't crazy it was in the Bible to lift our hands but then my 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 defense was well it 's a private thing and it was so private to me that i wouldn 't do it It was just something I thought in my mind I could do, but I was never going to practice it in front of those people. And I remember the youth pastor came over to me in the church and he was about my age and he said, Hey man, let's lift our hands to the Lord. And I'm like, I can't do that. My hands won't go up. They're too heavy. And he's like, how about let's just try it. And I noticed a barrier and I punched through the barrier the first time my hands went up. And I mean, it was like 10,000 pounds went off of each arm as I lifted them before the Lord. And at that moment, it was no longer an issue. I, w- I, I could break into that. Then I had to learn how to get out there and dance a little bit before the Lord. Now, I'm not no dancer. I don't even have a beat. I mean, I, I, I don't have rhythm, uh, but I've but I learned to move. You know, I'm a big fella, and sometimes you just move with things, but you gotta do something. And back in those days, it was that Christian bunny hop thing, you know, out in the aisle. And it was one of the hardest things I ever did. But it was them old Pentecostal ladies in the church that got in the aisle and they just got the tambourines and one of them reached down there and grabbed me and pulled me out in the aisle and said, let's dance before the Lord. So, you know, I went ahead and broke out and did it anyway. And you learn how to get out there and become uncomfortable. And it breaks something off of you it not only breaks the crust off, but it, but it releases you to be who you really are because every person in the house of the Lord that's one of his children is called to worship him. Oh, yeah. Don't ever forget this, is that whatever ministry you have to the masses, whatever ministry you have in the church to one another should never take the place of the ministry that you have to the one. It's that ministry that you have to really focus on developing. You focus on developing this, cultivating this into a reality that you practice every day of your life. And I'm going to tell you something. You do that, then all of this other that you do may not come with perfection, but it'll come with power. We've got to have the power of God back in the house of the Lord. We sing to one another, speaking to one another, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. What are spiritual songs? Spiritual songs are songs really in tongues. It's more than just a nice spiritual song that somebody wrote down and put music to. Paul talked about it this way. He said, there's a time that I'll pray with my understanding and there's a time that I will pray with the Spirit. There's a time that I will sing with my understanding, and there's a time that I will sing with my spirit. Have you practiced singing with your spirit in a while? Go ahead, you know, I was really, you know, I, 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 you know, this whole meeting has been unusual for me because, you know, I, I have an agenda, and I've got it written down but I have yet to be able to go through this agenda. The Lord has an agenda for you that he keeps He keeps telling me this is, this is something happening this week where we're unlocking something and we're releasing something. And man, tonight while we're praising and worshiping, he sp- began to speak to me that this church, this, this church, Winner's Church, he's in the process of releasing us into a greater measure of unity than we have walked in previously. He's, a, he's about to cause some things that were, that were like ripples and wrinkles and things to begin to smooth out in the house and bring us together in a level. And I'm not saying that you weren't together, but you know, sometimes, you know, here's one of the realities. Sometimes in church life and how we live as Christians, we, we, we tend to try to build our relationships knowing one another after the flesh seeing one another's faults. You know, you go to church with people, you begin to see how they really are. And not everybody, not everybody has it all together. Not everybody's kind. Not everybody's nice. Not everybody's on time. Not everybody's dependable. And you know, some of those things irritate some of us. They bug some of us. Walls come up between us. Issues come up and we forget how to judge one another. And we judge one another according to the flesh instead of according to the spirit. You know, the Bible says this about love. When you walk in the love of God, you begin to believe the best about one another regardless regardless of what it is they're putting out at the moment. It's hard for us to really understand that. I mean, I've told people that in the body and, and they're like, you know, uh, Pastor Ben, you don't understand what kind of problems they got. I said, well, no, I, I actually do understand what kind of problems they got, but we need to believe the, why do you think they're here? They're here for us to be able to draw that best out of them. And listen, the atmosphere of honor, the atmosphere of honor, draw, I have, I, you know, learning things about marriage and Christianity are Amazing. And one of the things that, that that wives sometimes deal with is they have a rascal of a husband. And so they think like, because he's, he's not got it all together, that means I shouldn't honor him as my husband. And God doesn't behave like that. God still commands her. Listen, you honor him as your husband. You know why God would tell her that? Because the level of God that God wants him to come up to uh, uh, honor from her Begins to unlock doors when we begin to relate to one another like that. When we can see, you know, Lewis, he's got some stuff. I know he's not all that in the bag of chips, but he, there's a spiritual element. He's here. Now I'm just picking on you, Lewis. I, I know better. Amen. But you honor Lewis anyway as a brother in Christ, and you know you 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 look at Lewis and you look over the stuff that you could see on the outside, and you see the potential that's on the inside and you begin to relate to him like that in the spirit, you're you're positioning Lewis where God can draw that out of him. And the worst thing that we do in the body of Christ is we see one another according to the flesh, and we imprison one another right in the house of the Lord, imprison one another by our judgments and our opinions and what we think they need to fix in order for them to be right. Right? And it's not our job. Right. Flat out is not, listen, if Lewis has an issue that's a really serious issue, pastor's gonna help him with that. And pastor's not gonna just kick Lewis out and kick him around and abuse him and you better straighten up. You know, pastor's gonna love on him and try to heal the broken bones of his life and equip him. Yeah. And, and when we have the support of the church, Looking with that same kind of a a look, it releases something that we need. The Bible talks about us in our connections in Ephesians 4. Our relationships release the edifying power, the building power of the house, the building power of the church, the building power of the body just like your physical body produces red blood cells in some of your joints, it is those connections in the body of Christ that God is releasing building material. Boy, the devil fights us so hard to not trust. We're living in a strange time, and I understand some of the trust issues that we have, but some of the trust issues that we have We're trying to go into the season that God's bringing us in with that same kind of skepticism that we encountered in the last season, and that's baggage. We need to drop the baggage and and trust the Lord. Trust that the Lord knows what he's doing. You can be wiser. You know, as a pastor, I've become wiser. You know, there's things that I was gullible in, things that, you know, just took me in as a young man. But you don't, what you really strive for is not to lose the innocence of the thing. You can become crusty and bitter by some of the negative things that you encounter in your life, in the church. Or you can learn how to give those things over to Jesus and not allow that to poison your well. Not allow that to hurt you as you go forward and you conduct relationships in the church every church has these kind of battles these are spiritual things we need to learn how to practice being filled with the Holy Spirit Till our perceptions the ways that we see you know Ephesians Paul gave us those prayers pastor has been talking about these things he talked about them today in a conversation that Paul taught us how to pray that, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Jesus would operate And that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. That's your spiritual eyes. You know, the first service we talked about spiritual hearing, but what about spiritual seeing? Think about how you see the Lord. You know, I used to see the Lord in a negative light. I used to see him always out to get me and always out to punish me. And I used to see people around me as always just not worthy of anything I had. Get away from me. I don't like you. And man, the Lord started putting a love in my heart when he started showing me people the way he sees them. He's looking at you. He knows everything about you. He knows your weaknesses and your flaws. He knows all the stuff that you ever did. And he, in fact, knows all the stuff that you're still going to do. And you know what? Not only does he still love you, not only does he still love you, he is still for you. You realize how profound that really is, though? We think, well, if God ever found out, his plan would change for my life. He would kick me to the curb. And his plan isn't going to change for your life. He loves you, and he's still for you, and he's still trying to help you to get on course with your life. And here's the thing. When we come into relationships in the body like this, those people that we're sitting with, are people that God is going to use to help us to get released into those places that what God's dream for us is will become a reality. I wished I could just say, well, it'll just happen with me. But that's not how this works. It happens through the relationships with one another. While I was thinking about this a while ago, the Lord's Supper came up in my mind in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, And I want you to look at this passage of Scripture. This is one of the most overlooked and ignored passages of Scripture. But it is absolutely important. Paul is addressing a church at Corinth. And the church at Corinth, this is not you, but this is is an interesting church. I find that this message in this particular church has such an impact because this was such a carnal church. This was a church full of strife and division. This was a church that had a class system. Most people don't recognize this, but this Corinthian church, they were practicing their their Christianity in a class system, the rich versus the poor. And so they couldn't even have a church dinner without the rich bringing all the food and cutting the poor out and bumping the poor over to watch them eat. Most people don't realize that this is in the Bible. This is what Paul has founded, and he's trying to work them through this. This was also one of the most sexually immoral churches that there was. They were fornicating all over the place. They thought it was normal to be fornicating. They thought it was normal because that's how they had worshipped their false gods, and they were trying to bring that in to worship the Lord Yahweh with those same practices of fornication and temple uh, prostitution and different things. And Paul is trying to work them through all this. And he's saying that your, 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 your perceptions about how you're relating to one another are affecting you. And so he says this. He says, I'm, I, I want to talk to you in verse 17. He said, now, he said, I'm giving you these instructions, and I don't want to praise you since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. Now, think about that. My God, the apostle (laughs) that founded them is saying, man, you guys are getting together, but it ain't so good. This ain't helping you. First of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there's divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. Now, you're talking about a man who also had the revelation I just told you about. Love believeth all things. He was even being challenged. He was even being challenged about the stuff that he was hearing. I'm sure he heard it from people that were trustworthy. So in part I believe it. There also must be factions among you that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore when you come together in one place is it not to eat the Lord's supper? For in eating one takes his own supper ahead of others and one is hungry and another's drunk. And he says what? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I don't praise you. For I received from the Lord that on the night, I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you drink this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, I know this does not feel like a revival meeting right now, but amen. We're going to get there. But let the man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Everybody say, not discerning the Lord's body. The Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak, sick among you, and many sleep. And we're talking about Christians, spirit-filled, early church Christians under the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And he was saying, you are a victorious believer, but yet because of this one thing here, you're struggling with weakness, stumbling around, you're 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 roller coaster riding in your faith. I'm on a high today and a low tomorrow. I, I, I've got it good together right now, but then you're struggling and falling apart. You're struggling with sickness in your body. You can't get healed for some reason. And he said, in fact, there's some among you who've already died. And this thing right here about many sleep is actually a, a sleep of a premature exit from the earth. It, you know, you, every time somebody dies, you hear this, well, it must have been their time. It's not true. That is not true. And especially when you're looking at us in the, in the body of Christ, there are some of us that, I mean, if you're 90 years old and you pass away in your sleep, you, you are probably, you know, there. But when you're not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be unsettling with any of this, but I, but I wanted to say, listen, we have to challenge ourselves to, re, to realize, okay, this is, an, this is an important passage. This is something that's completely overlooked by most of the body of Christ, spirit-filled included, and they don't recognize the power that we walk in and how it affects us. So he said, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we're judged, we're chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Now listen, what is this about? This kind of spirit filled living right here. How we look at one another. How we relate to one another. Now, I understand that in church life, we're not all best buds. We don't all go out to do the same things with each other on the weekends and do fun things. Some of us do. Some of us don't. We have, we have circles. We have areas in the church that we're closer to some people than other people. That's just normal life. Jesus was closer to some of his disciples than he was others. Most people don't recognize that. But how do we relate The people that we're in the house with. What is the Lord's body here? Is it just the wafer that we take at a communion meal? Or does it represent something of a broader nature? It is Jesus being nailed to the tree, being whipped and scarred and mocked and all of those things, and being nailed to the tree. His body was broken, but then his body was broken because the eve of the called the church, his body. Has now been born and when I fail to recognize when I walk with Tyler and I know Tyler throughout the relationship that we've had you know me and Tyler we've known each other a long time now we we've we've we went through some hills and some valleys but you know what there's just something about him that I knew him by the Spirit I knew Jesus in him And so no matter those hills and those valleys of the relationship, the other part of this thing held us in another place. To honor, to believe, to stand with, to recognize, this man is important to my life. This man is important to my ministry. This man God has sent to me. And in that relationship, there now is you know, it's like, it's like when you're raised with siblings. Some I, I got two sisters. And there's sometimes we don't get along, even now that we're adults. And I got one sister, man, she's, she's in a battle all the time with somebody. But here's the thing. If anybody ever messes with the family, it don't matter if we have not spoken in a year. It's like they are to the side. And instead of them picking each other apart, it's like a unified force towards whatever has now messed with the family. And boy, I often look at that sometimes and I think, what if the body of Christ could be like that? What if we really had enough of being filled with the Holy Spirit that we really looked at one another like that? And so that we, instead of allowing the enemy to divide and conquer, we slap him upside the head and we stay unified. And instead of putting our mouth on each other when one of us stumbles and falls, instead of being critical of one, one another because they didn't do it like I would have done it, uh, we just butt out. And we just defend and support and bless and even more importantly, pray for them. Whatever happened to praying for people that, that you might have a struggle with? You know, before you ever even need to come to the man of God about somebody you got a complaint with in the church, have you spent time praying for them yet? Oh, Most of the time, you're praying for whatever issue it is that you have will cause you to see a, a healing in that thing before you. So you don't even have to come to the man of God and say, I've got it. Listen, I've been pastoring a long time, this is church life. This is, rea- this is this way I know here, and I know in Queen City. I knew it was happening in Antlers. And it's just like you learn how to judge one another differently and live a real spiritual life, a spiritual life. And what I'm having encounters in the presence of God carries over as I come out of there in, in a loyalty towards his people. Well, the Bible tells us this. The Bible says that we ought to speak with one another and season that speech with salt. Do right. You know, when you season your speech with salt, the, the absolute truth of what's being conveyed there is you season your speech with loyalty. With loyalty. You, he's given us the exhortation. We talk about one another. If I'm going to talk about Ted or I hear somebody talking about Ted. And, you know, there are people in Ted's circle, they know Ted closer. And, you know, they they may know things and there may be conversations about that because of the depth of the relationship that's different. But, boy, when somebody gets on Ted, it's like, wait a minute. And we become loyal. Oh, yeah. You all with me tonight? Amen. Instead of allowing the enemy to put the blinders on and convince you that what you see in the natural about them is, is the only truth about them. Church life will be filled with ups and downs, curves, ditches and valleys. Church life and Christianity will have failures. People will fail in the body but it is sometimes the test for all those that are gathered around them. I read this story in an in-depth work a number of years ago that said in the early church world, as Christianity began to spread that one of the marks of all of these regions that the churches were being planted in by the apostles, that the value of life was so low that literally the highways that the Romans had built along any one of those stretches could be found, the elderly and the babies and the unwanted and the sick, that were thrown away literally by their families and by society. Literally, the ditches of all of those fancy Roman roads that still exist today were filled with people that that world had no value for. And when the church was born, one of the marks that got the attention of society Even the emperor saw it was how that Christians would simply refuse to pass by and would simply not with any resources other than a blanket and a cup of water would get down in the ditch and cover that person and give them water to drink and stand by their side and pray. And they began to notice that the majority of these people began to recover and there weren't so many laying in the ditches on the side of the road because love had come. Oh, yeah. Instead of turning a blind eye like everybody else was, the agape love that God had infused the church with was now bringing life out of those dead places and it was transforming society simply by caring. And this is historical fact. Fact. When I read that, I thought, my God in heaven, how easily the enemy sidelines us by getting focused on faults and failures and weaknesses. And, you know, to be honest with you, in our flesh, there are just some things about one another that we just simply don't like and irritate us. And we allow those things to somehow have a place that it should never have Instead of doing what Jesus said, you crucify the flesh with its affections and lusts. You live by the Spirit towards one another. And when you do that, you're honoring somebody to grow. You're honoring somebody to overcome. How many people in the body of Christ today need a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance? And sometimes we're looking at them going, well, I don't know. They've really run out of all the the, the the grace that I have. Well, my God, I hope you never run out of the grace of your circle. I think you ought to extend love and start learning how to see one another differently. You know, in our church, we got a lot of babies. we got a lot of kids. You know, I, I used, I've i had to preach in early summer about you know parenting, raising kids, because I, I was recognizing moms and dads of a new generation. they didn't know how to discipline their kids, they didn't know how to restrain them. So I was teaching them those things. But at the same time, you know kids are up here and they're doing their thing and they're being distracting. And you know, sometimes old folks, old folks can just sit there and they can just watch them kids, and they're like, blah, blah. They're just too old to get up there. I wish they would do something about them. You know, you know just stuff like that. And you could see it on some of their faces. They're like, they can't worship anymore because they're watching the kid do his thing here, poking the other kid or, you know, doing something not unspiritual, you know. It's like, no. We'll do what we can do to help them moms and dads to know their role. Well, all my answer was is teach them how to do their role. Moms and dads need to be released to do their role, taught to do their role. It's okay. God has told me that. That that day he said he said I want you to tell those moms and that's their dads and the dads it's okay for their for them to restrain their children. He said you you as a pastor give them permission to restrain their children. That one statement alone transformed our church. Parents begin to get involved and they begin to teach them. And I would tell them old folks you need to learn how to get your eyes off of that. You need to learn how to worship Jesus in spite of distractions. In spite of distractions. You need to extend grace to them because most of you were in the same boat somewhere in your past and you need to remember where you've come from. That you weren't the perfect parent always. You made your mistakes with your kids and just extend that same grace to another generation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all still okay? Amen. It's, it's the truth it's that generation gap thing trying to creep up bring division again and we should discern the Lord's body the young generation of Christians should discern the body of Christ that's in the older ones and the older ones should discern the body of Christ that's in the younger ones and that we're all one body in the Lord we're not we're not to be divided just because you dress differently than a different generation or you like different music than a different generation doesn't mean that we're not still one body And we have to extend grace to one another. Extend grace to one another. So I felt like the Lord wanted to do this tonight. If this is okay. I want to ask you to stand on your feet. And I want us to practice being spiritual again. Now I know we've already been doing it. You're here on a Monday, so it's a sacrifice of being spiritual. But I want us to practice moving towards the Lord and getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I see in my spirit, and I have all day long. I've been praying about this since I woke up this morning. And all day long, I keep seeing the Holy Spirit come into this place and filling his people again. Giving us a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. But I saw it without music. I saw it without music. I saw it that we're going to learn how to just begin to lift our voice, lift our hands, close our eyes, not be distracted by the senses, and begin to move ourselves towards praying in the Spirit and singing in the Spirit until there's a release and a bubbling out of your belly. There is a place where Jesus said, the river is bubbling up or flowing out of your belly. It's coming up out of the inside of you. And when it's released, man, it washes and it cleanses and it empowers and it frees. So all over this place, lift your hands up to the Lord. And I want you to open your mouth and I want you to pray in tongues. I want you to pray loud enough that your own ears can hear your own voice. Don't focus on your neighbor, focus on your voice. And put your prayer language out there. And if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost and have your prayer language, I want you to say, Jesus, I want my prayer language. I need power to live. And I want you to step out there and believe that Jesus, the baptizer in the Holy Ghost, will baptize you. Come on, lift your voice. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Bere me, Remy, Migani, Anjari, and Dana Masangare, and Go press that flesh. Press that flesh. Moro Mavra, Mamma, 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 Masson. Bari Angeri, and Dara Bavrebi, Bari, 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 Astorum of Bara Mavra, Mamba, Mastorum of Ram. Migani, Anjora Mavrama. Bara Mavroma, Babare, Mesting, and Halam of Roma baba vremi be begeri anja Halam Sangare anja Halam vremi be baba baba para Berim vremi be be beriando Roma Sangare anja Halam vreme be beriando Roma Maram avrama ba 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 na Sangare Roma mama Halam Sangare anja ha Halam avremi Haremi yeah, let your ears hear it. Let your ears hear it. Amen. You're getting undrunk from some things you've been drunk on, and you're now getting drunk on what you need to be drunk on. Now, let's do something different. And with them same tongues, with them same tongues, we're going to sing a spiritual song. It's not a melody that I can create for you. I want us to, you know, simply, I'm going to give you a note. And I'm not, I'm not really a singer or anything, but I'm going to give you a note. And you're going to find that note. Uh, can you find that? Uh, and I want you to take your voice. Uh, and I want you to begin to sing in tongues. A spiritual song. Come on, lift your voice up. Come on, lift your voice up. mama brahma, mama 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 Boromavra, oh. Vrama Massonga, Mavram. Bet him every may many messeni manjanamavroma. Banamavra, mamma, Mamma Mavrama, Mamma Sangariandri under the under the under the under Mavra. Boromavroma, mamma, 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 Mamma. Bet him every Mamma, 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 mamma. Baby, it is saying, I'm very many, mama. Come on, let's press it some more. Let's press it some more. Let's fill the atmosphere. Oh, Vada, mamma, 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 mamma. Boromavro, mamma, 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 bam mamma, 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 Bam mamma, 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 bam Bora mavro mamma, 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 anja, me 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 ba ba somebody Oh, we thank you Jesus. We thank you Lord. We thank you Lord. Mamma, mamma, Mama 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 mamma, 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 Mama mamma, mamma, ah mamma, 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 Vreme vreme me ma Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah Oh ma, Oh Mamma! ma, Mamma, mamma, Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Holy Ghost. Your wonderful Holy Ghost. Your wonderful Holy. Wonderful Holy Ghost. hallelujah Come on, yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs>
4: Hallelujah.
0: Ooh, Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, रे oh, बोल oh. See, there are times in every church's life where they transition into a place where God releases fire from heaven again in a different measure. Not that he initially didn't do it, but there's a fresh fire that's been released in here and a transition that is being made. You're entering into a new chapter, Winner's Church. And I would encourage you and I would stress to you to hang on Listen and hang on to this. As you go forward and you're relating to one another and you're walking together in the things that God has prepared for you because he loves you, that you determine I'm going to see differently than I had been seeing. I'm going to love and cover and honor and be loyal. In spite of faults and failures, you can be wise. You can understand what's going on, but yet there's something higher in a law that you're operating in, and you love, and you stick together, and you cover one another. You bless and pray for one another. That you endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bonds of peace. Father we're honored by you tonight we are honored Lord to be here at this holy moment in this church in this body for this transition into this chapter and Father we promise you we hear you we're going to respond to you and endeavor to keep what you've given us in the name of Jesus we thank you tonight and Lord, I know there might be other issues or other needs that are here tonight. We trust, Lord, that in a in a in a way you will minister to those. But Father, we are just so thrilled to be here in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for letting us be here tonight.
4: Thank you, Father.
0: I don't know if it's your custom to do it this way, but I'm going to ask you, is anybody out here tonight, you feel like the Lord has given you a word, not just a personal word, but I'm talking about a word for the body, an encouraging word or something that bubbled up inside of you. We would call it a prophecy. But I want to encourage you tonight, if you feel like the Holy Spirit has put something in you or something has come alive, I would encourage you to take a step out. I want you to speak it over the church. that it's a breakthrough in your life hallelujah I hear the Holy Spirit saying my sons and my daughters I'm pleased with you your father is looking upon you shining upon you and I'm pleased with you Lift your gaze and fasten it upon me, says the Lord. And I will show you and I will teach you. I will speak to you and I will fill you. I am what you need. I am all that you need. Walk with me. For I have desired this moment because I'm releasing upon you myself. I'm releasing upon you a grace and a measure of walking with me that will carry with it an impact and an influence in your world. But walk with me. Remember me. Cleave to me. Share with me. Fellowship with me. And I will show you. I will release upon you I will speak to you and I will be in your life in this great measure.
5: Presence
4: shel fet le triot triot shel barad ru se bet ret i just want to pray And say, I love you, for you are everything to me, and I exalt your holy name, I exalt your holy name.
5: You know the Spirit of God's leading us lots of different ways. We have to, we, you know, we have to learn all the ways of the Spirit, not just the ways that we prefer. You know, there's a way that we prefer to go. One time I was watching TBN, and or I was flipping across the channels, and I came across TBN, and Kim Clement popped up. I had never heard Kim Clement, never seen him. Of course, he was still alive. <laughs> I reckon if he came on right now. <laughs> <laughs> Freak some people out. But anyway, he's gone on to be with the Lord. But this was when his ministry just began to kind of come forth and people began to know who Kim Clement was. And when he came on, I, I remember I'm watching and he's got this long, his his hair almost had a greasy look to it. I thought, dude's got a jerry curl. It's, you know, a jerry curl's done passed away, you know. And but he's up there and he's he's talking in that South African accent and. All of a sudden, they break out into that gospel funk, you know. Well, right away, you know, that wasn't my cup of tea. You know, they didn't have gospel funk in the Mennonite church. They didn't have gospel funk in any of the churches that I was going to. And I remember, I remember immediately thinking it to myself, oh, this isn't my cup of tea. And I turned the station. And when I turned the station, you can tell what generation I'm from. I'm like, and I turned the, <laughs> I turn the station. You know, nowadays, I turn the station. We're still from that generation. We were the remote control. Anyway, I turned the station. And when I turned the station, the Lord said, you better go back and make that your cup of tea. Okay. Now I was like, wait a minute. You know, I listen, I'm. I may, I may not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but when, when, the, when the Holy Ghost goes to saying stuff, listen, I've, I recognized it right away. So I went back and I listened. And as I began to listen to him, I began to hear the word of the Lord. And I began to see God doing something through an individual that I, that, that, wasn't, that wasn't my, if I had my brothers, I'd rather have something else. Listen, I'd rather have Tamashi. But Annie don't like tamashi, so sometimes I have to adjust. Sometimes I have to, you know, uh, you know what? What I what I don't prefer? I don't prefer uh, chipotle or kudoba, That's me. That's me. You know, <laughs> that's me. But you know, give me some Japanese food from tamashi. I'm good all day long, every day. But you know what? Just because you don't get what you'd rather have doesn't mean that you're, God's not offering something. You know what, church? Some of y'all are big old, big old fat babies. That's, we're, we're just big old fat preemie uh, baby Christians that we got. We're high maintenance and no impact. God's always pumping into us and never getting anything out of us. He's always doing something for us, but He can never get us to do what it, what it is that He wants us to do before we break down. High maintenance, no impact. Preemie baby Christians. We know all of our rights. And none of our responsibilities. We act like the only time that we're responsible to do anything uh, for God in, in entertaining His presence is when it goes the way we want it to go. You know what? We need to learn how to navigate the waters, all the waters of the Spirit. No matter how He flows, no matter how He's working, we need to learn how to catch the wave of the Spirit no matter what it is that He's doing. You know, it's, it's when we, it's when we do that that God can begin to use us in any environment. God will use you in adversity. He'll use you when things are good. He'll use you when things are bad. He'll use you, man, one night we had a healing meeting over in Borger, Texas with Doc Schumann. I loathe bluegrass music. I don't just hate it, I loathe it. Bluegrass is not my cup of tea. We were having a healing meeting. You know what? During a healing meeting, I'm very picky about what kind of music that we, we that we play. I, I want to I want something that's going to stir up the spirit in me, you know, the anointing in me. Well, Doc Schumann, you know, he had a couple in his church. They they showed up that day. They'd been on the road. They showed up that day, and there's a big old bass fiddle on the on the uh, platform. You know what a bass fiddle is? It's a, it's a you know a, a, a you know they usually play them with a bow in an orchestra. The bass, uh, a bass a uh, bass whatever. Uh, 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 an upright bass thank you upright bass a a big cello a giant cello there was one of them up there and then there was a little mandolin case and I started to get concerned because I knew good and well well, we weren't going to have no orchestra music not with a mandolin sitting next to that big old bass fiddle Doc Schumann said, hey, sister, brother and sister, so-and-so are here. We're, they're getting ready to turn this service over to me, Pastor Ben. These people came expecting that the, the, the anointing for healing would, would manifest. Well, listen, if there's going to be an anointing of healing to manifest, we're going to have to get over there and do something uh, that, you know, I, I'm, need, I'm, needing for, I'm needing for something to stir me in my spirit. Oh, yeah. He said, this couple's here, and they're going to get up here, and they're going to sing a song, a special number. Come on, you're going to love this, Brother Ziggy. I was like, man, I hope so. They got up there and that guy grabbed that bass fiddle and he stood it upright. That woman got up there and she grabbed out that mandolin and she says, good evening, y'all. I thought, oh, dear God. (laughs) We're going to sing a song tonight that goes with the order of service. God, you know, this is a healing service. (laughs) I mean, she had a draw, man. So tonight we're going to sing, Don't Give Up on the Brink of a Miracle. And they begin to pluck that out and do that bluegrass style. Don't give up. You're on the brink of a miracle. Don't give in. God is still on the throne. That that man was plucking that bass and she was just going on that mandolin. Don't give up. I was was like, dear God, I need a miracle right now. If if we're going to get in the spirit, I need a miracle, man. Let the anointing. I'm like, oh, God, I was nervous, man, because it was not. You know what? It wasn't doing a thing for me. It wasn't doing a thing for me. You know what? Sometimes we forget it don't need to do a thing for us. That's what Pastor Ben's trying to tell us here today. Sometimes it don't need to mean a thing to us. It don't have to do a thing to our." It don't have to draw a goosebump on your arm. It don't have to put a hikomoshai in your mouth. Sometimes the Lord is asking for something from certain people. And if they'll be obedient and offer it up to him, it'll be a blessing to everyone. I mean she went she went into the verse you know and she's you know when you're going through the troubles of life and the things that you're going through uh, confound you the devil he'll try to bring down and fear all around you don't look with your eyes or listen with your ears uh, the battle is the lord think on things that are pure in your darkest hour your miracle is here and i was like dear god give me a miracle they started in on that, on that chorus again. Don't give up. You're on the brink of a miracle. When that's That second time they said miracle, all of a sudden a flood of the presence of God swept through that place. I was like, you know what? I was like, Lord, what are you doing here? If I don't like bluegrass, you don't like bluegrass. You know, sometimes we think because we don't like long services, God don't like long services. Because we don't like soft preaching. God don't like soft preaching. We don't like loud preaching. God don't like loud preaching. Well, if I had my brothers, I'd rather hear this person or that person. Here's the thing. If we can find him in all of it. My God, if you could find God in all of it, how dangerous would you be? if If you could enter into the presence of God. No matter how it was that he showed up, who it was that he showed up through, what message it was that he was delivering, how many times you had heard, you know, sometimes, like, well, I've heard this one before. But imagine if you could step over into the, See, that's what God's trying to do with us, right? He's trying to take us over there where we go into, you know what the next realm is for some of you? The realm where you can get into the spirit no matter what, whether you're tired, whether you're hungry, whether whether you're thirsty, whether you're fat, whether you're skinny, whether it's fast, whether it's slow, whether it's good, whether it's bad. You can hear his voice and hear his word and all that's being spoken. And tonight I'm, I'm over here taking notes for a marriage retreat, and he's not even on marriage. I'm taking, boy, we're going to have a good marriage retreat. I'm going to tell you right now because God just dropped something in me for our whole marriage retreat sitting in this meeting today. For the whole marriage retreat, he, he dumped it on me in a, right in a second. I, all this time I pray, Lord, what do you want me to say, God? What do you want us to talk about? You, boom, there it was right here today. In his presence, in his presence, in his presence. Come on, somebody. Listen, be determined that this week you're, go, you're, gonna, you're going to wade into waters maybe that you've never even ventured into. Tara and them were in Tulsa this week, this last week. They, they went to the last night of camp meeting over in Tulsa. Mark Hankins was there. Boy, they got way drunk in the spirit. They got way under the influence of the spirit. Pastor Ben said something tonight that you need to take away with you. And I'm going to turn you loose with this. Well, I'm not really, we're not turning people loose, are we? We're kind of turning them loose. Do we have something? We're, we have something in the back. We're going we're gonna to eat something with some cake. For a birthday. Praise the Lord.
4: Happy birthday to you. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Be not drunk with wine. Be not drunk with wine. Be not drunk. Don't get don't get under the influence of anything else but the spirit. It's not just alcohol. Don't get under the Im- don't get under the influence. Don't get under the influence of wrong thinking. Don't get under the influence of someone else's bad attitude about church. Someone else's bad relationship with their ma- mother. Some of you, it's hard for you to hear what I'm saying because of a bad experience you had with another pastor, and I'm not even that other pastor. Go ahead, man. Or a bad experience your parents or your brother or your sister or your aunt or your uncle or something you heard. Be not drunk. Don't be intoxicated. Don't get under the influence of that nonsense, but get under the influence of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Don't get under the influence of Facebook, YouTube. Get under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Okay. Amen. Well, thank God. How many of you thank God for Pastor Ben and Amen. the Lord using him tonight? Amen. Well, we receive it. Lord, thank you for the man of God. We receive it today. We receive, God, what you're delivering to us and in us, God, in these uh, wonderful, wonderful services. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the gift that you've brought to us. We thank you, Lord, that today uh, we've received a fresh a fresh outpouring of your spirit that you are delivering to us God things that will take us into the next level in the name of Jesus we're taking it to the next level for your glory Lord and we thank you for it father as we go tonight Lord may we go out with joy and be led forth with peace bring us tomorrow Lord with expectancy uh God we're going to expect that as we come here tomorrow night that we're going to continue uh continuously and continue to be filled, uh, be being filled with your spirit and falling more and more into the influence of the Holy Ghost so that we can arrive, Lord, at the destination that you determined a long time ago that you wanted us to arrive at. Each one of us, Lord, not only individually, but corporately. God, you saw Winner's Church uh, a long time ago. God, before you formed this church, you knew us. Before we even came forth, Lord, you set us apart. You You sanctified us, you ordained us, God. And you commissioned us, and anointed us, and equipped us for the purpose for which we were called. Lord, we're standing, we're rising up, Lord, into that place. And Lord, we will be, uh, we will be a, a pliable, uh, flexible Lord uh, tool, surrendered, Lord, in uh, to you and and uh, for your use, God. We will be ready uh, to be used, God. Your hand resting upon us uh, to do your work in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Father. And Lord, uh, I thank you that you're going with us tonight. That uh, what we've received of you today, Lord, we're going to deliver it to others that we come in contact with. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. Everybody that believed it shouted, Amen. amen. Praise God.